Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that has taken the internet by storm, and everyone's talking about it. It's uh, ChatGPT, the newest AI module uh, released by OpenAI. And uh, the way it's performing is quite uh, incredible, to be honest. And uh, I was quite impressed hearing about it and seeing many, many, many demos on it. And uh, I thought it would be a really good idea for our audience to find out our perspective and what we think about it. And also all the all the uh, kind of the knowledges that we've gathered on on this topic. So yeah, really excited to talk about it as we are uh, always passionate about artificial intelligence. And this is actually, in a way, the pinnacle of uh, AI so far, what we have. And uh, yeah, really, really interested to uh, sort of um, explore further with you guys. So Amit, yeah, um, tell, tell us your thought on it. I think uh, I've, I've played with chat GPT a lot uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've actually used it for one of the sections in my newsletter. So I actually asked chat GPT to comment about a topic that I wrote in my latest newsletter. And it was incredible. I asked it about digital divide and then it gave me a lot of options and I asked subsequent questions and it gave me those responses. So I think chat GPT is really good. Of course, it has uh, its own limitations and uh, everything, but I think it is a very, very powerful tool. And OpenAI has just kept it public for now. So it's free for everyone. So anyone can just register and log in at OpenAI and then start using chat GPT. And uh, it's 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 growing massively. I think they registered one million users in five days, so that's a record time. Absolutely, that's that's faster than Google, Facebook, and anything else that that any other tech uh, subscription uh, or account uh, service that is there. So that is actually really impressive to begin with. And uh, yeah, as you as you said, uh, uh, you know, it is actually quite. Um, quite magical. Uh, I think <laughs> the responses that it's coming up with is um, is actually, you know, you think that how is it actually coming up with such eloquent and coherent response? Um, and yeah, that that's something we're going to explore today. But one of the things that I did uh, want to start with is that we've been following uh, the GPT uh, series uh, from OpenAI from some time now. And it's important to remember that ChatGPT is not the only and the first, you know, miraculous uh, release that OpenAI has done. OpenAI has been, uh, you know, in operation or in research for a while now, and they have been releasing various AI modules every few years. And we've seen there was, uh, in, I think, the earliest one I think we've we've talked about is GPT-1, and then there was GPT-2, and then latest, I think last year, they released something called GPT-3, which is an AI module with, you know, with, with an interface where you could talk just, just like chat GPT, but it was a little bit more limited or a little bit more nuanced. It, had, it could do more things uh, rather than just chat. Uh, but it was probably a little bit less powerful, less coherent. But GPT-3 was also, uh, did also make quite a bit of noise when it was released to public last year. And Amit and I, we did actually explore it. We, you know, we, we tried it in different ways. And, you know, the results that we saw was quite impressive. Although there was 
you know, I, you know, I, I think there was limitation in terms of like we could identify, you know, kind of how it worked or what kind of answers that you know we had to like think about, you know, formatting our prompts in a way that it would understand. But what I've seen various demos with ChatGPT is that if you can just talk to it as if you're a human. Uh, well, <laughs> you are a human, uh, but you can just talk to it as if it is a human. So, um, so yeah, that, that's what uh, I think a big difference is. And uh, yeah, um, Amit, uh, could you enlighten us in terms of what GPT stands for and uh, your thought on the previous releases before chat GPT? So, yeah, so OpenAI has been uh, really uh, doing a lot of stuff recently with the releases of large scale uh, ai models so one recently that was released was dali 2 and that was a text to image generation uh, ai model and then we had chat gpt which is a chat like uh, feature of over gpt3 an improvement over gpt3 where you could get human like responses uh, it's basically something similar to say passing the turing test where the Turing test is basically a test designed to check whether a human can be fooled by the responses given by the computer. If a human thinks that the responses given by the computer is given by another person, then it passes the Turing test. If the human thinks that the responses given by the computer is not like a human being, then it fails the Turing test. So that's a very important test to, for uh, artificial intelligence and any AI models to pass. So that's a very important thing. And uh, with the release of GPT-3, what was happening is we could give it an instruction and it would generate us, give us text, volumes of text, or maybe articles, paragraphs, news headlines, summaries, etc. So you just have to design your prompt and be very clear about what you expect. And then based on that, it can give you a right response. So GPT basically stands for generative pre-trained transformer. Now I'll not go into the detail because that's not the aim of this talk, but uh, basically think of machine learning tools as this. They are given a large data set, a data set that is maybe tagged by humans or not tagged by humans. So you have tagged data and untagged data. What does that mean? It means that data that can be classified and data that's not classified with a specific name saying that, okay, this is text, this is in English language, this is in some other language, et cetera, et cetera. Or images of cats, which are cats, images of dogs, which are dogs, et cetera, et cetera. And machine learning models that, uh, I mean, learns using um, in that way. So basically what happens is you give it a large set of data and you uh, label the data and the model learns through that data. Now you give it a new input and you ask the machine learning model what that input is. Is it a cat or a dog or anything? And if the machine gets it right, you reward it. If the machine gets it wrong, you give a penalty. And based on this reward and penalty system, the machine uh, learning algorithm or the model, it starts learning. Okay, I need to get more things correct. So I need to see what are the different patterns? How can I identify things correctly in the first attempt? And that is what a machine learning model is. So AI is the bigger thing. Machine learning is a way to uh, get to AI, artificial intelligence. But we are talking about intelligence in a way that uh, computers can do at a very large scale, but on a very small uh, 
what do you say small subset of data human beings are capable of handling intelligence at a far more complex level we can identify millions and billions of things different colors different shades here 3d objects etc etc so we are capable of identifying uh, using our senses as well uh, input from eyes ears uh, nose uh, the smell taste etc so we have a very advanced level of intelligence what with what the ai that we are trying to develop is trying to see if we can get some kind of intelligence from machines to predict certain things uh, at a very small scope the scope is very limited but the scale is very large so if you if you are given human beings to sort out millions of images it would take a lot of the, uh, time or it would require a lot of humans but if you train the machine learning algorithm on a on a data set then the machine learning algorithm can actually identify uh, the different types of uh, images maybe millions of images very very quickly and then the humans have to just go through the results so that's the power of uh, the uh, the machine learning part so we have gpt3 which was uh, initially released just type a text and tell how many words you want to generate and based on that it will give you an output then we had dali which is text to image generation then we have now chat gpt chat gpt is basically human like conversation with an ai so you are actually talking to a computer but just like a human being and then recently like i think couple of days back open ai announced another new uh, model and that is basically to generate 3d images uh like a sphere or like a cone uh from a given text so again i mean it i think it's not open source yet but the code is available on github but that's the latest model that they have released which is again very very fascinating yes yes absolutely and um, i think one of the thing that sets apart chat gpt with the previous versions or previous ai modules is that um you can have a continuous conversation with it uh, i think what we've what we've noticed when we were exploring gpt3 is you tell it something and it responds to something but then if you if you say something based on the response then you know it doesn't understand that it needs to go back and remember the conversation we had from the beginning and it's the same with uh, alexa google home and that kind of systems as well i mean you're very kind of inclined to tell uh the smart home systems something and then have a follow up command but it doesn't actually understand it um and it's the same with uh you know all the ai modules apart from chat gpt i've seen and that that is actually um a big step towards uh, uh achieving general ai uh, so um amit you've obviously mentioned uh, various types of ai i just want to add to it to say that yeah you know as human what we have or what we potentially are working towards machines to have is gen general artificial intelligence which is what we 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 say that we have so right now what we have is specific artificial intelligence and that started long time ago even 30 years ago when we had uh, you know the the grandmasters in in chess uh, played by computers and they were very specifically skilled at playing chess but a 10 year old playing chess with the machine and accidentally having the um, having one of the spawn fell off uh, from the from the chessboard a 10 year old human would understand that you know the the next step should be to pick up uh, it from the floor and put it back but the 
machine, no matter how skilled it is in chess, they wouldn't understand that that's the next, that's the actual next step uh, for to go forward. So that's where the difference is contextualizing. Humans can uh, read, you know, if, if you want to call it reading the room or read the situation, you know, understand the context of where we are in a larger space and then realize what the next step, ideal next step should be. Uh, but right now, all the AI we have is specific AI, AI based on, uh, you know, a particular set of skills. Uh, before it was very limited, uh, like, you know, being good at chess, and then it, it was becoming more and more generic, uh, you know, if you want to call it that, as that it understands more general life situation um you know chat, uh, gpt3 could understand more it could you know write an essay based on something based on a topic and now chat gpt again is even more generic uh because it can understand the general circumstances but to become you know human like intelligent is to have general ai and that's what we call it as you know general intelligence and that's where we that's where i guess um, people who are working towards are working towards to to achieve that sort of intelligence. So you know, and and this is ChatGPT is actually a quite a big step towards it, as 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 it seems like uh, the way it's responding and continuously having a conversation rather than just a prompt and a response and then a new prompt altogether. Uh, it's not doing that. It's it's remembering the conversation it already had, and I think that's that's quite powerful feature of of ChatGPT. Yeah, I think you're right uh, because uh, it it remembers the context of the next question. So, like like for the uh, the example of the newsletter, I asked ChatGPT about what is digital divide, and then I asked uh, what are the factors causing digital divide, and then what can we do to improve digital divide or to reduce the gaps. And it gave me responses based on uh, the previous uh, question, and it remembered everything. And uh, one of the th times I asked it, I mean, I saw a tweet about it where a person created a virtual machine uh, and asked ChatGPT to give the responses from the command prompt or the terminal. So basically, you tell ChatGPT that you are a Linux machine and you are running in this and this mode, and I will give you commands and you will interpret that and you will give me responses. So ChatGPT understood that and then I gave it a Linux command and it gave me responses based on that. And then in the next line, I said, okay, now this is the new command. It understood that, okay, it's still a virtual machine. It's still inside the Linux box and it gave me responses accordingly. So I, I uh, gave commands like list the directory or uh, read the file or change the directory etc and it give me responses based on that and i was like wow this is so powerful that's the and thing it remembered the context the environment that's that's yeah that is that is very powerful and uh, i think uh, when you talk about general intelligence so so we have what we are talking about with chat gpt is very specific things so it is very specific to text it uh, chat GPT is all about chat, so it's limited to text. It's uh, it can't play with images, uh, but it can play a lot with text. And uh, we'll discuss the limitations, but that's what it is. So it's very specific. But when it comes to human beings, we can play with text, we can play with sound, we can play with images, we can play with videos. So we can play with a lot of things, and that's where. Uh, the human intelligence is far more complex because we are playing with different aspects of things simultaneously. 
so when it comes to general intelligence say for example i want to book a, a ticket to say japan and i want to book it for my family and i want to book it in the month of march so if i tell someone to do this task they would understand what i need and they would go ahead and book it if i tell an ai to do this i have to explain many many things okay how do you want to go by flight when do you want to go i have to specify dates <clears throat> how how many travelers are there adults kids etc then which city in japan do you want to go so it has to be very very specific and it has to be broken down so general intelligence is i just give it a random statement and based on that it gives me a lot of options so it companies make, are working towards that yeah it can make like coherent assumptions like a human yes know, like as humans we always you know whenever we're having conversation we are assuming a number of things that we don't have to specify to each other and those assumptions are usually always right because you know we yeah. are living in a society through experience we, we, yeah, yes yeah we are subconsciously programmed to understand those assumptions but a computer doesn't understand it and um obviously if if it's just prompt by prompt uh, conversations in one prompt and then answer and then forget everything else before then there is no there is no opportunity for it to remember the you know environment uh, as a whole and uh, yeah it, it i think this the, the biggest milestone is that chat gpt is able to do that coherent sort of uh, follow up of a conversation so um, yeah but uh, but i think chat gpt has its limitations uh, and uh, the more i've played with uh, the more i've realized that uh, what could be the input data for training a model like chat gpt the input data could be the whole of internet it could be the whole of wikipedia it could be the whole of twitter it could be whole of uh, anything that is pub- in public domain so if you want to train people about text what's the most better source than the internet so internet has a large amounts of text and you can quickly google whatever you need and you can uh, combine everything so chat gpt works in a way that say you do a google search uh, for a topic say i want to search about open ai so i want to see when open ai was founded i want to see what open ai does i want to see what are the different models uh, available from open ai i want to see where it hosts the code i want to see how much does it charge to access its uh, ai models etc etc now if i want to do all this i have to do a lot of google search and i have to go to the specific web pages etc etc what chat gpt is very good at is combining all that and giving you a brief summary of everything so if i ask what is open ai it will give me when it was founded uh, and what it does and what it's currently working on etc so it gives you a nice summary so now when i have to write an article about something say a journalist has to write i've already got it summarized so i don't have to do a research of course i need to still validate what the response that i've received is valid it's correct it's factual it has not got any inaccuracy so i think that is still very important but the thing is the hard part of going through so many websites and combining all that and getting a summary that hard part is now reduced so now instead of spending hours and hours on research you can quickly do your research in 5 minutes and then actually focus on writing the article so it's a very very powerful tool for writers for journalists for people who are students who have to write papers who have to write thesis it's it's a quite a powerful tool Yes absolutely and I think the key thing to remember from what you just said that it augments human performance it doesn't replace it replace it 
So um, I think there there has been a lot of um, care, you know noise regarding uh, as soon as it came out that the whole of our education system is now broken down because no student needs to do assignments or any kind of writing exercise. But that's actually not the case at all. I mean, if if you know the million of you who are have already tried it, if you have consistently tried for quite some time with different um, areas and different types of prompts, you'll quickly see that. It is still identifiable and one of the, you know, I also want to touch on the risk and limitation both of, of chat GPT. Uh, and one of them is that, you know, it, it, it very quickly becomes noticeable, uh, all the responses that, that you know, it, it there are limitation in terms of there is, you know, you, you can't be... You can't uh, sort of guarantee with absolute certainty that the facts that it comes up with are right, uh, first of all. And then secondly, uh, ChatGPT is trained on all the literature, or I don't know if, if it was specific, but as far as I know, it was all the literature until 2021. So um, anything that has yes. been added to the internet or to the world or to anything, um, you know, uh, any fact information or a new innovation discovery uh, say for example if we you know uh, had a new physics-based discovery which kind of disproves everything or or who won the world cup it won't know yes yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good point uh, so these kind of things there is a big limitation on that and then there is risks risk of um plagiarism uh, as well and it is identifiable there is already a tool by google which identifies where you can say that what was this text generated by AI, uh, not necessarily just ChatGPT, but all AI, and it actually is quite accurate, quite 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 um, um, reliably accurate. Um, you know, based on all the um, different you know demos I've seen in terms of generated text from ChatGPT put into this tool. So it's not like, um, you know, the whole education system, uh, you know, uh, broken down. Also, uh, it is probably a time to sort of re, uh, rethink our education system anyway, because it will probably eventually, um, and, you know, just, just writing essays doesn't necessarily, um, help critical thinking. Uh, we probably want to find better ways to do that. Uh, but that's, that's a completely different topic, but I, I want to touch upon, uh, for people who doesn't know what ChatGPT is or haven't seen any demo, um, for them, what ChatGPT is doing, uh, you know, just a little bit going back to the basic and introduction. So you basically write, you know, ask it with, you know, as if you are chatting to someone, ask it to say something, uh, give a text and it, it returns, it replies to you as a human, but a really, really good, um uh you know and energetic human who writes an essay based on one question you might have if you want an essay um so that's that's the power of it and uh, so as a result some of the use cases that i've seen uh, for example you want to write a cover letter for your uh, for a job application it will you know if you give it just paste the job description it will create a CV for you and a cover letter for you. 
so that saves a lot of time and it is based on the information of the job description so it is tailor-made so that's 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 quite a quite a good use case there are many other use cases for example you want to summarize a book into you know a blog post uh so you input the whole of whole of the text and it summarizes it for you so that's that's a lot of research time saved and things like that so you could reduce a, a, a large number of input text, or you could get it to just ask a simple one-line question and get it to write a paragraph or an essay, and you can even specify how many words you're looking for, etc. Um, you know, I've seen demos of people writing their their LinkedIn profiles or even dating profiles. You know, if you are if you know how to ask the right questions, you can anything to do with text-based communication. Um, you could get some sort of augmentation or help from ChatGPT, which is which is actually quite good, quite a, um, quite an interesting and uh, powerful tool for us to use. I think yeah, I think augment is the right word because a lot of people they get uh, really afraid that okay, it's going to replace a lot of jobs. I think think of it as a tool. I mean, instead of a, a, a horse riding a, a horse riding vehicle, you now have a car and and that was uh, running on petrol and diesel and now you have an electric car and then you have flights so you have basically a means to go from one place to another but one takes you very slowly one takes you very fast but it uses fossil fuels or so generates a lot of pollution one takes you very fast and efficiently because it's uh, run on electricity and the other one is just flying through the air because uh, you want to cover large distances so it's basically augmenting so it's you're doing the same thing you're going from one place to another but now instead of wasting so much time and energy you are doing it much quicker so when it comes to our thinking as well instead of wasting so much time in research you get to the point very quickly of course it means that uh, you now have to think less in terms of uh, what and how but in uh, but you have to think in other directions like okay i've got this information what do i do with it now yes the decision making part needs yes, to be uh, exactly uh, we'll be more skilled in making the right decision with with the information that we get and actually i mean this is actually really good analogy and i just want to add to it the you know we want to get to point a to b and you know these are different ways to get there but you know when we were doing horse riding then we needed to know how to control the horse and when we moved to cars we needed to know how to drive a car and even on electric vehicles we had to be aware of you know whether it's charged and there are new features within electric vehicles we had to learn as well and the plane is a, a whole different ball game maybe we don't have to learn how to fly it although someone has to and then you know the 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 cost to the environment cost to the customer all of these things are different each of these cases each of these use cases are different so all that means is that you know it it's not replacing anything it's just that humans also have to learn new skills to get benefit uh, from this new tool so that's the only thing i mean you know and i i would very much i think that's the whole point of our podcast and you know and that we encourage learning uh all the new technologies and be aware of all the things that are coming up so absolutely i would uh, you know urge that yeah learn about ai learn about chat gpt learn about how to prompt to these ai modules so you have better relationship with it so it can help you augment uh augment your journey to take you to point b 
Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that while you was uh, talking about uh, this augmentation part, I realized that see, human brains have limited capacity. I mean, we can learn only a certain number of things, and over a period of time, we have uh, developed this whole civilization where we don't have to learn everything. that people in the previous generation learned so like for example lot of people are not lot of people from say the 50s and 60s they are not comfortable with smartphones uh they are not comfortable with computers because they have never grown up with it so it came at a very later stage imagine the queen the queen of england who re- recently passed away this year imagine she became the queen somewhere in the 1940s and then somewhere in 20 2007 the the iphone came out which just changed the world and then there were so many apps and everything and then this changed the world and then open ai has come so for her to go from one generation to so many other generations where she was doing a task of say watching television and now she doesn't have to click a remote she can just ask google assistant or alexa to like uh, just switch on the tv and play a particular uh, show on tv so that's the power so instead of pressing a button on the remote you are doing it automatically so you are improving your life so you are so technology is actually improving your life rather than making it more boring so ai is there to improve your life so all the mundane stuff all the boring stuff you give it to ai because it can handle repetitive stuff very easily so you give it to ai and then you think about all the other things the the more creative stuff that you want to do so look like okay i want to think about going to mars or i want to think about drawing the next mona lisa i don't have any idea so i'll ask ai to give me some ideas and ai will throw some ideas quickly taking inspiration from different painters and then on top of that i can generate my own art because now i've got the inspiration and that is what ai is trying to do so we we learned a specific skill set for a specific age and now we have to learn a different skill set for a different age and our gen- next generation will have to learn even far different skill sets like for today for example we are very comfortable with smartphones but tomorrow you may not have smartphones you will have just maybe a voice assistant in your ears and you just have to talk to it and it will do everything and you don't even have to carry a device so it's available with you all the time and uh, our children's they will be so comfortable with technology that they will be like okay i don't want to do a lot of physical work i want to do uh, work that uh, gives me pleasure and gives me more enjoyment so all the repetitive task i'll outsource it to ai and then i can think about the things that i want to do Absolutely, absolutely. That is, that is. Uh, it seems like what the future is looking like. But we also have to be aware of all the risks um, that that you know. We talked about the limitations of ChatGPT already and how to implement and how to augment, etc. But I also want to touch upon a little bit um, more on the risk side of it and how you know from the beginning, as soon as it came out, how it was also misused by my by by many people. and uh, the million of you or over a million of you who subscribed to to chat gpt and explored you might actually notice if you've tried it in the in the very beginning uh, as soon as it came out and when you tried it now there is a little bit more a little bit difference i mean i haven't seen it myself uh, the, this difference but i have heard uh, in in dif- different demos that it has become um less intelligent is is one way of what, how people are putting it and the reason is um there were some some really malicious commands that people have put in there like for example it asked to generate an sql injection code 
uh, to hack something. Or it, it, one of the things that was quite mind-boggling to me is it asked to create a list of all the banks in the world with known vulnerabilities. And, you know, that is quite powerful. I mean, if you think about getting it, a worldwide list of all the banks with the vulnerabilities of of robbing it that you can find out but and- but uh, rinad i just want to stop you think of it like this it's getting a list but the list is already known it's just compiling it for you so it's already out there somewhere and that's yeah, how it knows it is, to give you a response I mean, okay so this is this is an interesting debate uh, because Say, for example, you you know, there, you, if you want to lock something valuable, you use a padlock. You know, there are many different ways you can lock it away. Uh, there are known ways to, you know, pick a lock or break a lock, but you still do it because the harder it is for the, you know, malicious person, the lesser probabilities, even the, the most strongest lock or the strongest security, there is some way or another to break it. But the more difficult you make it, the the less reason or less worth it it becomes for 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 the person who's trying to do it. And now, rather than having to find this delicate piece of information from the internet somewhere, you can just ask someone and it generates a list with, and then you can ask what are these vulnerabilities and what is your best uh, recommendation of of doing this, and then then obviously it it just becomes so much easier for a malicious person. And this is just one example. There are many other ways people have already. And because of that, um, OpenAI have continuously put in more and more restriction, more and more restrictions uh, since since the beginning of its release. And but, now uh, apparently uh, I've heard that it's become a lot less uh, sort of uh, nuanced than than it was at, at the very beginning, which is which is a shame because, uh, you know, obviously, you know, some malicious, uh, you know, human inputs made it so that it, it kind of made it limited for, for the rest of <laughs> rest of all of us. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it tell you can kind of fathom how powerful it can be in the wrong hands and also in the right hands. I mean, it could have been a lot more innovative if whole of humanity, as it was free to begin with, uh, could input and generate various, you know, uh, creative, creative outputs, but it, it's becoming limited and limited every day. But uh, Rinat, so let's go back a, a bit and then let's think about the, uh, the what what has happened with uh, chat gpt over a couple the last couple of weeks because of people's questions that have uh, resulted in some malicious uh, stuff so if you look at uh, google i don't know if you know something called google hacking so basically google hacking is a way to identify vulnerabilities in websites and there are ways to create specific searches that can identify vulnerabilities in specific websites and there are there is a database where you can ident- you can take those google searches and you can input it and then you can identify certain vulnerabilities so this is nothing new google is already being used for that and google doesn't stop it but as a as a tech person you know it as a 16 year old uh, you know teenager uh, in school, may not have known that, but they could just open an account in ChatGPT. But, but if you look at the most of the hacking that has been done recently, are done by teenagers because they are curious and they just go to the internet and they find a script and they don't know what it does, but they just use it and they just play with it and they feel that okay, it's fun, and that's that's what happens, right? So you do a quick Google search and it comes with a script. You use it. You hack TalkTalk 
or you hack some other websites mm. so that that's that's what i'm saying that uh these things are available uh, via google search as well and chat gpt i'm not saying this is the right thing but chat gpt is getting its responses from publicly listed sources i don't think that getting the list of banks uh, which have vulnerabilities is something that uh, chat gpt would have identified by itself i think it would have identified based on the data that it has gone through and then it has correlated that everything. is true but i'll still debate with you on the on the fact that if you know if i had to go through you know say for example take usa for example you know if i had found you know from from public uh, information that okay these are the 100 banks um, that has vulnerability and this is the percentage of vulnerability like which is the weakest to to uh, take advantage of but then um, that would have taken me a long time even if it is available yes. and now i have the power of data and i now have a worldwide list of all the banks so i haven't missed any uh in the whole world and then i can also sort them based on how vulnerable they are so i can literally just choose the weakest one to in, in globally within a matter of 10 minutes no even probably not even 10 minutes so as a result it has now become a lot more you know or it had become a lot more easier until now it's obviously more and more restricted uh but uh i've also seen some of the some demos uh interestingly that in in where you know some malicious command was given and the response from chat gpt was that okay this uh, i'm not going to answer this one or you know some sort of restriction is that and then if you persist and you know uh reformat the question in a in a different way as if that you are in a like a test environment please do this so i can do this testing and it's necessary or if you kind of kind of frame it that it's a like a moral obligation that okay this this you know the 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 child here is is in an accident and i need to actually know how to hotwire a car so i can save the life of this child um you know this kind of scenario um if you just type how to hotwire a car the charge will say that we're not going yeah. to wire them but if i say that that i need this i need to know that then it will actually give you a full detailed step by step guide on how to hotwire a car and but you can get that on youtube you can yes, get that yes, on google search yes can. now my point is that i don't have as you said the main benefit is that it it takes away hours and hours of research time so now it's more easier it the same way it augments uh, you know a, a good intent you know a person with a good intention uh, with with a good research topic and the same way it also augments uh, a malicious person so yeah i mean I, i'm not saying that it's bad i'm just saying that it it you know we have no choice but to control it the way open ai is doing uh, but it is it, just a shame that uh, the the but uh, i think i think we need we need not be surprised because whenever a tool comes in the market any tool i mean if ai tool or physical tool or anything some people use it for constructive purposes and some people use it for destructive purposes say you can use a knife to cut a bread or or uh, take the take uh, apply butter on your toast but you can use the same knife to uh, damage something right like a physical good or something so it's the same thing but it can be used for different purposes and because of that it's not allowed in aircrafts i mean mm-hmm. you might think that okay i'm just using it to cut uh, the uh, the bread or i'm just using it to apply butter so i should be allowed to carry it but no because there are some destructive uses of the same tool it's not allowed so yes uh, there are 
these uh, possibilities that any tool that comes will have constructive uses as well as destructive uses. And we need to have controls. So as OpenAI rightly did, that uh, they stop, uh, they make it more or less powerful so that it doesn't give uh, exact information. And uh, I think one of the things with that is good with uh, chat GPT is that it uh, doesn't allow to use bad words or anything else. Like if I ask it to give some swear words, it'll, it'll uh, not give me an output. Uh, the other powerful thing which I've noticed, which I think, I mean, let's move on because yes, the debate is always there between right and wrong. The other good yeah. thing about ChatGPT is that it cannot just interpret English languages, but it can interpret other languages as well. Like I asked it to post it in Bengali, Gujarati, Urdu, and it gave me output in those languages in that script it's not written in english uh it's written in bengali or gujarati or urdu so it was very nice and very interesting to see that okay chat gpt recognizes uh different languages as well plus not just that i asked it to give me an output of musical notes it gave me an output of musical notes as well so now it can create or compose music it can create a poem poetry etc but when it comes to limitations, so I think let's let's cover the limitations. One thing, one of the things that I've noticed is that the limitation is that it keeps rehashing the same stuff. So if you ask it to write a paragraph or a poet uh, or a poem on some topic, it will keep repeating some of the things and uh, with the same concepts. So you can see that some bits of it become repetitive and some bits of it are inaccurate. So those are certain limitations because it's. ChatGPT is basically a NLP uh, tool, so natural language processing. So when we talk, so like I'm talking to Rinath right now on this podcast, when I talk, Rinath knows when to say something, when to respond, and he knows whether I'm making a statement or I'm asking a question. And based on that, he will give me a response. But that is purely based on how I say things. And a chat GPT is basically trying to do the same thing, but over text and uh, I mean, programmatically, and it is trying to give you response based on that. So it is really, really powerful, but yes, of course it has limitations right now. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we've, um, I think because we know we probably forgot to mention is that not only can it do poems in different languages, but it can also do codes. So, um, yes, you yes, can I forgot. Write, ask it to write a, a, a code in, in a vast array of languages. I think, Amit, you've tried PowerShell as well because it's one of the rarest ones. Not yes. the rarest one in, in practice, but, but not the it, most popular one. Yeah. Not the most popular one, yeah. Uh, and it was able to respond. Uh, it, exactly. it did respond. I, I asked it. So basically what happens is uh, during every podcast recording, I have to adjust the screen settings. And uh, what I ask, and I have to do it manually. So I asked, uh, because you can do it programmatically as well, but I could not find a script online. So I asked ChatGPT, can you create a partial script that will change the display settings uh, for me? Uh, and it gave me an output. I didn't try it, but it gave me a legible output because I went through the code and it looked uh, reasonable. So I was like, wow, this is so cool. Now I don't have to go and search through millions of websites and so many uh, like Stack Overflow websites and other things and go through the yes. script, try it and see if it works or not works. Now I have something that mm -hmm. can give me an output and I can quickly try it. And this is like so powerful. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, you can do Python, you can do so many other programs and even regex, you can tell it to say, you know, give me a regex that matches with 
a, a, for example, a YouTube link. So it would give you a regex that would, you know, uh, always match with all kinds of YouTube link format. So, you know, these, these are some, some innovative ways of using it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what, you know, so while there are so many positive, uh, positives, I also want to just mention that if you're thinking, okay, this is so powerful, I could just, you know, stop writing altogether. I don't need, I don't need to make sure I don't need to fact check because the content I write is not factual. I can just, you know, um, but just FYI, uh, for, for, for those of you who are thinking of just using, uh, the output of chat GPT, Google has already announced that it will identify which ones are, um, AI written and they will actually put them down further down in, in, in their SEO, uh, algorithm. So if you just put that, then you will be penalized in, in your, uh, search ranking. So just just be aware of that that if you you know don't don't just write all from from uh AI generated content but you know obviously get yourself you know um some help from them and augment your your output obviously and then it would be easier to understand how uh you know when when your um blog post or whichever content you're writing is is on the first page so yeah it would help you immensely if you take the help take the research output and then you write it yourself um that would that would really help you to create the content yes. coherent better content and also be um ranked higher in google's search yeah i think sometimes we get this writer's block or when we try to write something we run out of ideas and uh, chat gpt is a very good tool to quickly give you an overview about a topic and then from there you can leverage it and you can build on top of that. So I think it's a very great tool for that. And uh, yeah, I think uh, if you if you want to use it, you should definitely use it, but bear in mind the limitations because it is very important. Any tool that you play with has limitations. So you should always keep that in mind. Yes, yes, absolutely. This this was actually a quite uh, quite interesting conversation. I did enjoy it. Hopefully, the audience also had a bit more insight on on what ChatGPT is and what AI algorithms are in general. AI tools, modules. There are quite a few out there uh, serving different purposes. And uh, you know, it, it, uh, hopefully, what we have uh, what we were able to convince you today is it's not something to be afraid of but to be um you know to to adopt in in your workflow potentially so you can uh, have better um output of whatever you're doing rather than uh, you know thinking that it's a it's a you know, or situation like a black and white situation that, you know, this is replaced by this. It, it can be combined to, to make even, you know, the best output or far, the far better output than any one of them can do. So, yeah. I think, uh, Renat, I think well, one point I just remembered that uh, we forgot to mention is the pricing. So currently, Chat GPT is uh, available in public uh, beta. So it's still in development and it's still being refined. And as Renat mentioned, the team that's behind Chat GPT is monitoring uh, how is it being used and then uh, tweaking it uh, behind the scenes. But uh, bear in mind that these 
tools are not free to use. So there is a lot of uh, effort that has gone to develop these tools. And what OpenAI's model is that you use these tools by calling an API or by logging it directly. But every time you use it, you pay some money. It's very less, like say one cent or maybe 0.01 cent. Um, and then um, after a certain number of uses, uh, it'll charge you say $1. And that's how you pay. So you pay per use. Uh, but the cost is very less. It's like cloud computing. So you pay for only what you use and you pay a very small amount. But of course, over a period of time, it'll uh, the cost can go up. So you have to be very careful. Right now, ChatGPT is free. In the future, it will not be. Like DALI is not free. Uh, you get some free credits in a month, but apart from that, it's not free. So you have to be very, very careful with what kind of prompt you're using and what kind of image you want to generate. There are some open source tools for uh, replacement for DALI, but there is nothing open source tool available in the market right now for ChatGPT. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there might be other companies working behind the scenes and they might come up with an open source version of ChatGPT. But bear in mind that this will this tool will never be always free. I think that's also important to remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and OpenAI is a business and they have to make money to at least, you know, continue keeping the lights on is, is very costly um, because the, the amount of... Uh, uh, processing power that is going inside each of these commands that you're asking it uh, is is quite phenomenal. And I think I've, I have seen a video of someone just roughly calculating. Apparently, it is being hosted in uh, AWS uh, cloud servers, and uh, you know, obviously, the processing power is coming from them. But you know that 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 obviously has a cost as well as you know the number of users and the number of times that it's being used apparently and this is uh not our calculation this is just something i've heard in another video that it, it is costing them about three million dollars a day uh to just run run the beta for public free for public so it is very expensive to run uh and uh it will definitely not stay free like it is now um it might be might be affordable quite to 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 a lot of us still uh so yeah be just be aware of as as amit you mentioned um it's it's you know be aware of uh what happens but uh uh, you know, I would still encourage you to um, use it if yes. you haven't yet. Uh, and if you have, uh, then keep keep using it to innovate or discover new things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, we have some exciting talks, or some, or some exciting guests lined up. So please keep listening to our podcast and uh, see you next time. Yes. See you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.